so tag yourself as period appropriate needle drops in this movie. I'll go first. I'm Crimea River. You remember the music in this movie? <laughs> oh wait, crash. <laughs> To me, oh, and I'll come into you. Welcome to home viewing. No. Hi, I'm John, and I'm Bethany. And it's a day after our second anniversary, and Bethany's currently thinking about divorcing me. <laughs> this is home viewing. It's a, it's a podcast where we talk about all the movies we own on Blu-ray and DVD by watching them in alphabetical order from About Time to Zombieland. Ah. Yes. Bethany seems kind of tired, which makes sense. It's dark out, usually record when it's light out. Yeah. And I think that's bringing a different kind of energy to this episode. And I'm okay I wish it was spoopy vibes, but it's not. This is not a spooky movie. There's a way that you could cut this into a spooky movie, I think, with, like, Timothee Chalamet as the villain, but, like... That's not spooky. You could, you could cut it into a spooky trailer. Sure. Not a spooky movie. Listen, based on the music that we've talked about and my Dave Matthews impression and the name drop of Timothee Chalamet, I'm sure that if you watched any movies during 2017, you already know what movie we're talking about. Ladybird. Exactly. The first film. Wait, did you say 2017? This was 2017. Oh, no. No, it was the same year. It was the year of Timotech. So far away. Yeah, Ladybird 2017. So this wow. was this was the year of Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, Logan Lucky. It was a Lucky. good year for a, movies. It was the year that I think we fully like embraced, both of us. We first saw this in theaters before it actually officially came out in Atlanta, remember? Oh, yeah. Secret movie. Yeah, it was a special screening by, like, one of the uh, local, like... I thought it was the Film Society. A local film society, for sure. Not the Atlanta Film... It was the Atlanta Film Society. Is is there more than one? I don't know. I think... Do you know more secret Atlanta? (laughs) I know there are various (laughs) film groups, but we did see it. And it was pretty cool, because we barely made the cut. I think we were literally yeah. in the front row. Mm-hmm. And because we were on standby for like whoever like didn't whatever show seats up. Yeah. yeah. And we were lucky and we got the seats and it was really cool to see the first movie by Greta Gerwig in a preview like that, I think. Because we both were at least somewhat familiar with Greta Gerwig. Mostly yeah. from Francis Ha. Exactly. And also Isle of Dogs. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Francis Gerwig, obviously married to Noah Baumbach, um, you know, after he divorced Jennifer Jason Lee. Babe. Um, but, Babe. frankly, becoming an auteur in her own right, her second movie were literally going to be You called her Francis. I called her Francis, huh? It's too late to record a podcast. <laughs> it is not too late to record a podcast. This is a coming-of-age film starring Saoirse Ronan as the titular Ladybird. We all had that one kid in our class that was like, 
call me by this really ridiculous name because it's important to my development as a character person. Now, I will say this is this is a person who actually didn't need to name themselves or didn't was mostly naming themselves out of a rebellion or out of a personal thing. More but than, exactly. I mean, the, the point that I'm trying to make is like, this isn't like making fun of people who need to change their names and have to change their names. Or no. Anything. It's just making fun of the very specific kind of person who changes their name for the drama of it all. No, it's just making fun of 17-year-olds. <laughs> yes. Um, but also portraying... Providing a very realistic portrayal of 17-year-olds, yeah. I think. Oh, man. Though, I have to say, I think these 17-year-olds got way more college support than I ever did in public high school, but that's a different uh, that, story. That was what it was. The one year I had of guidance counseling at a private Catholic school, it was like that. Because it's because the student pools are smaller, so they don't have to like just check a box every time. They can mm-hmm. actually develop a relationship with the students. Everyone should be gifted a good guidance counselor in high school. Everyone should be gifted the resources that private high schools have. There shouldn't be private high schools. Um, anyway, uh, burn down the establishment. Wait, this is a West Wing episode, right? Mm. It is, actually. Where (laughs) Sam writes the uh, opposing position paper and Mallory schools him. Uh, We're thinking about the West Wing a lot because the reunion just happened. It was pretty good. If you have HBO. Max. Mm. Well, if you have any HBO, you have HBO Max. Yeah. Because that's the way it works now. Mm-hmm. Lady Bird. <laughs> I told you it's too late. Is a perfectly paced film, in my opinion. Perfect? Yeah. Sometimes you think it's going too fast, but then it like takes a minute to like just sit with you in the scene. And, and like you understand like the pace is the reason for it. Because... Lady Bird takes you through a whole year. Yeah, I think it really mimics, like, a, a school year, honestly. Oh, it, it absolutely is. It takes you through the whole school year from, like, even before school, because they're, they're going on that college visit at the beginning in the summer. Like, was it the summer? Yeah, it was the summer, because the first day of school is depicted after that, when she's got the cast on. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're giving the speech about, like, let's have a good year and everything when they're at the uh, opening mass. something that only you can relate to Mm, only me on this podcast yes it's was it really like jesus welcome to a new year yes (laughs) sorry yeah really we we always like went to mass did you you do it every day day? no no we didn't do mass every well i mean we went every week we went to mass every week but we would always just walk over to the church when when i was in elementary and middle school because mm. we were literally a block away so we would just walk there and then walk back Nine fifteen mass and it was always split up because they knew they didn't want to deal with the whole school on one day so like each grade like <laughs> different day two grades on each day yeah exactly because <laughs> they had kindergarten through eighth grade um yeah it was you made those they made those poor kindergartners sit through an entire morning mass yeah wow yeah well, morning mass is easy. There's only one re- one reading. It's only like, well, no, there's only one non-gospel reading. So there's still a reading, a psalm, and a gospel reading. So that's three three total. As there's compared not to the usual sermon four. homily thing. Well, there's a homily, but it's usually but depending on the priest, <laughs> big depending, depending on the priest, it, they usually kept it short. I think there was like an eight minute rule at one point for <laughs> yeah. Um, for Father Martino, at least, who was, who was a pretty good priest. Um, as priests go, you know, 
This is just turning into John talks about Catholic school. I need to know. But it's just interesting because I there were non-Catholics at Catholic school with us. Oh god. And to be to be fair, their experiences were pretty similar to Ladybirds, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's especially those who might be more liberally inclined, I would say. Because, you know, we were at a Catholic school filled with Irish people in Georgia. So that was a Republican bastion. It was it was an interesting time in my life. I think it was good. I think it gave me a good environment to succeed in. But also, I would have liked to have more resources. Like, I don't know. There were like, I wish there had been like more clubs and stuff. Like, they're not, they're not that great. I wish I... You can't join them all. wish there had been marching band or orchestra. Our music teacher was awful. Like, our music teacher spent most of her time on, like, Match.com. Like, she would sp- spend, like, the opening ten minutes of class what? just, like... How do you know that? Because you could see it on her computer. That's awful. She eventually got fired. Like... Long after I left, but she did get fired. It was very fucking satisfying. (laughs) Even though I was the only boy in the choir, because of course I was. That's rough. (laughs) Yeah. I would have quit. Well, I liked it too much. It That's was, worse. I, I just, I was just like, this is the outlet that I have for music at this school, and I'm going to embrace it, damn it. Even though I fucking hated Miss Pulliam. <laughs> Ooh, she's gonna find your podcast. She's gonna find my podcast. I don't even care. Well, you know, Lady Bird finds her own outlet, too. Well, she, the nun tells her to find her. <laughs> so, but, I mean, she's the one who signs up for the play, right? Or yeah, to audition. Yeah, at the at the nun's urging. At sis, yeah, but she Sister was... Agnes, you could I tell think. she had been, like, marinating on it for a while. Ex- she's always wanted to do it. Exactly. But, I mean, it's it's one of the... Lady Bird is a contrarian for the sake of being contrary a lot of the time. Like, she has this image of herself that she's trying to create. And every action she takes for, like, three quarters of the movie is not in service, like, of anyone else or anything else, but trying to become the person that she wants to be. And I think that's kind of one of the lessons that she has to learn by the end of it. She's like, got this idealized version of her life that everyone is telling her she cannot have. And because everyone tells her she cannot have it, of course, she's going to work even harder to try and have it. And that's <laughs> that's good in some ways. Mm-hmm. And very bad in other ways. Like, I think we can get into this. It's uh, Cher Sharonin. As, as Ladybird, and then Laurie Metcalf as her mother, who is really the mm. core. Like, I guess you could call it antagonist. You mm. know, they're deuteragonist, I guess, because they're they both have whoa, a what? So that's someone who's neither a protagonist nor an antagonist. Who like they have like a separate story, and they they're like work in some ways working against the ant the protagonist, but in some ways working for the. But you see, they both think they're working for Ladybird's own future. Yeah. Is is the thing. But and like I don't know. It's hard for me to talk about the Ladybird and her mom stuff specifically because in some ways 
I think the film plays up things that like every mom does sometimes. Mm -hmm. And in other ways, I think it's so uniquely a mother daughter perspective. Like, like I can't necessarily get quite into that because. Oh, really? I was going to say, I feel like it's probably, (laughs) if I had to imagine what you and your mom were like, (laughs) it wasn't, it probably was fairly similar, right? I, I think it was more like, in some cases it was more like what my mom and my sister were like. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But, yeah, because you... But, like, not not as bad, necessarily, but, uh-huh. you know, everyone gets in fights with their parents, especially when they're a teenager, and I think that's what was the most relatable thing about that movie, but, you see, Lady Bird's got the... is It's kind of compounded, because she's a, a less economically well-off person in a community of rich people, and so yeah. she's got this entire image of herself that she's trying to portray, and sometimes, you know... Which, like, r- relatable into adulthood. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, even in high school, it was, and, like, middle school especially, sometimes it was kind of like that. We were just talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. All the Aeropostle clothes and uh, trying to fit in. And then I went to the quote-unquote dark side, <laughs> which also costs money because it's also a style choice. Yes. I think what's interesting about this movie is that you know versions of all the people who are in it. Yeah. Like, the characters are all fully realized and fully sketched. Like, they clearly have lives off of the screen that we're not seeing. Like, everyone is so fully thought through. Especially, um... Especially Beanie Feldstein's character. Yes! Who I love. Because, this is kind of skipping forward a bit, but basically, after Lady Bird kind of ruins their their vibe and goes off and tries to become popular they show her coming back to her on prom night because her other friends are like jerks and didn't want to go to prom and like beanie's there like at her home like clearly upset about it but like it seems like something else is kind of going on in her life yeah well because i think her mom's got the her mom's single and like has mm-hmm. the entire thing going and they on live with in David an apartment Wallet. which and is has, different mm-hmm, than different all their thing. other friends mm-hmm. I think she's got that also that flirt going on with David Wallace from The Office. What? That that one actor who's who was David Wallace CFO in The Office. He shows up in one scene. He's also in Avenue 5. I don't know his name and I don't feel like looking it up right now. <laughs> just a guy. Just a guy. Just, just a guy. You know? What, as one of the high schoolers? No, no, as the uh, the the uh boyfriend of Beanie's mom. The one who like drops her off in the convertible. Uh... That she keeps keeps calling uncle. Yeah, it's like he's not your <laughs> uncle. Oh, and they bring him the lunches. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what's the? Uh, it's like yeah, I, I can't get fat right now, and then like, oof. Well, it's it's just the casual way that Ladybird says stuff, where she clearly doesn't have regard for the for Beanie Feldstein's character. Yeah, you know where it's the person who's like the most reliable companion for her. But she doesn't value her until she loses her. Mm-hmm. And I felt... Whew! Because I felt like that friend sometimes in high school. You know? The, oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. The got, sidekick. Oh, the, yeah. The, the Specifically, like, the fat friend mm-hmm. sidekick. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's... That was both of us. <laughs> exactly. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's... It was not a great feeling to have because, you know... Friends will say something and they'll be 
will say something like casually like fat phobic and then they'll be like oh i wasn't talking about you or worse they just won't even apologize for it or anything like i feel like someone would say i wasn't talking about you if they were like in college or something in high school they don't care how their words just affected you they don't yeah. notice because right. you're an accessory Ooh. Oof. but that's kind of how lady bird treated everyone in her life though oh absolutely like everyone was second to her, her main narrative like everyone ex- well i was gonna say except her dad but even her dad no. at the beginning yeah. like when he's dropping her off gosh oh Oh, you talk see, about the purest character in this movie. Oh, Tracy Letts as Lady Bird's dad. He's incredible. Oh, he's very good. God, it's so funny because he plays like the opposite character in Little Women <laughs> as the publisher. Yeah. And we'll get into that. It, we'll get into that because because uh, he is not the only recycled cast member in Little Women. Shersha is too. And I have Timothy. to say, she has a great American accent, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, 100% believable. She was definitely older than 17 when this was filmed, but, like... Mm, but it's still con- it's pre- still pretty convincing. Yeah. Like, no one is, like, deep into their late 20s or anything, mm-hmm. which is nice. Exactly. They're all still pretty young, and they are able to act young. And I think there's something worth, like, talking about the period there, right? Like, it's set in 2003. Well, 2002 to 2003, because in, in spring... They're starting the invasion of Iraq. And it's like... Oof. It's accompanied, like we implied in the intro, by some just very period culture elements. Mm-hmm. Like, crash into... Like, when a... <laughs> you must give me the first thing you said. <laughs> crash into Dave me. Matthews crashed Dave into Dave Matthews me. crashed it, It's a very effective moment, though. Like, I was talking about how quickly this film is paced. Like, it jumps from, like, month to month so quickly Mm -hmm. and like major plot points feel like they're almost brushed aside sometimes but they never feel underserviced because when something major happens that needs a moment to reflect on it there's always that moment of pullback you know it's kind of like how you brush upon your memories and you think like you only think about them for a second because they already happened kind of Mm -hmm. but like i think about so lady bird while she's on the play meets lucas hedges's character Who sings, there are giants in the sky from Into the Woods is his audition song. And immediately she's like, this oh, guy. Oh, this boy. Lady Bird is the only person who dressed, I dressed for my audition. I had a prepared song. And she's casting the chorus because she's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Beanie Feldstein sings. Then <laughs> that was the most Catholic school. She sings. The, the Prayer of St. Francis, the version that we all sang, like, once a month at the school-wide Mass. Because once a month we would all oh, go on the first God. Friday for Mass. And there was, and, like, one of the favorite hymns was the Prayer of St. Francis. He's the pet saint, right? Ch- yep. Make me a channel of your peace. It's just, and seeing Beanie Feldstein singing that, I was like, oh. And boats? What? Boats? What about boats? Francis? Just pets? Well, pets, but like, there's a lot of stuff Francis did. I, boats? Are you thinking like travel, like St. Christopher? Ah, that one. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much the, I, I think I literally used that as an audition song at one point oh for like a chorus God. or something. <laughs> because it's one that I knew so well, and it had good dynamics, and it wow. had a decent range to 
Listen, it's, wow. it was a good vocal showcase. It worked well. Okay, well, it's Anyway, a she gets cast in the lead. Also, <laughs> interestingly enough, it's a Sondheim musical. It's uh, Merrily We Roll Along. Sondheim is really having his moment in indie cinema right now, I think. Because you, I mean, just between Gerwig and Baumbach, especially. Because, you know, you had Being Alive and uh, um, you could drive a I'm person lost. crazy from company in Divorce. Marriage Story. Which I almost just called divorce story. Divorce. Well, it is. I mean, it is. Wait, what? Adam Driver sings, "Being Alive," and then Scarlett Johansson, her uh, Merritt Weaver, and the woman playing their mother sings, "You could drive a person crazy." Like that. Uh, you don't remember that scene? I think you might. The movie was a lot. Yeah, it was a it good was movie. It was a lot. It was a good movie. I guess. Every day I wake up and I wish you were dead. Uh, Ooh, devastating. I guess. <laughs> anyway, the performance is devastating. I think. Yeah. Well, the anyway. content maybe not so much. Anyway, she starts dating him. They name, they name a star. They find a star and they name him Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, things you do with your gay boyfriend. It's a very we haven't gotten to there uh. yet. It's a very adorable high school kind of relationship. They hold hands. They make out. They they talk about. Lucas Hedges talks about how he wants to get his hair curly like Jim Morrison. That should have been the first giveaway. And how he wants to go to Par- go to Paris and live there. But who doesn't? This is, my mom says that French isn't useful. It is if you want to go to France. <laughs> Saying that... There should have been several hints. <laughs> he auditioned with a Sondheim song, you know? <laughs> anyway, at the cast party for the play, which... I just need to say, my favorite moment of the movie is after... Merrily we roll along. Everyone's talking in the lobby. And then the the priest who, who directed it, who has already demonstrated himself to maybe be a little bit depressed from the crying game exercises, is just sitting there looking off into the distance. And Beanie Feldstein sits down next to him and he just says... I'm trying not to laugh. Because <laughs> this is my favorite line. This is my favorite line in this movie. They didn't understand it. And it's just... It's... <laughs> It's funny and sad, and there are a lot of moments like that in this movie where Greta Gerwig just, like, writes one line, and it's just hilarious, and then you take it apart, and you're like, oh my god. Well, did Greta write it? I thought she just directed it. No, she She wrote it, too. Incredible. I'm, like, 95% sure. Let me just double check. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Internet machine. Internet machine. Written by Greta Gerwig. Yeah, she wrote and nice. directed it. She, she really was like an auteur on this. Like, it was all her. Like... You could just say author. Mm. <laughs> French, is, French isn't useful anyway. <laughs> but she finds out that Luke... She find, uh, while waiting to go to the bathroom in line at the pizza place for, during the cast party, she says, screw it, I'm just going to go to the boys' bathroom. So relatable. Walks in on Lucas Hedges making out with Beanie Feldstein's boyfriend. (laughs) And this is is the long walk to get to the thing that I was talking about. Cut to them lying lying down. I don't remember if it was in a field or in a car or what. But they're just laying down listening to Crash Into Me. It's the car, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And... And at one point, they both just they, they just both say crash, and like move their arms with the music, and they're just like, it's such a slow moment, like it's after like almost the like frenetic action leading up to the musical, 
this is the first time that you really like well, and I guess you also had Thanksgiving before that, too. Like, Yeah. You had... <laughs> she went to his family's Thanksgiving instead of going to her family's Thanksgiving. Exactly. And her mom was sad about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they also smoked all smoked weed for the first time. <laughs> and it was hilarious. And Ska played while they were microwaving frozen dinners. It's, like, it's so hard to get everything in in this movie out. Because yeah. there's so much in this movie. Like, I'm t- telling you about the pacing... And that's, that is what it is. It's just boom, 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 scene, 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 scene. You know scene. what was fun about this, though? Is that even though it was set in 2003 because they went to Catholic school, you mostly saw them in, like, normal, like, Catholic school uniforms that people still wear now. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't a big, like, costuming jump. <laughs> the only thing you really saw that was, like, of the time, I guess is a mini fashion corner, <laughs> is the prom dresses. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Well, I also think about um, what Shelly and Miguel wear. Their their seat, their entire seat, big thing. I would. I'm sure you could see that now, though. Oh, you absolutely could. Just, just go to a local mall. Yeah. Hang out near the hot topic. It's not what it used to be. It isn't what it used to be, but one could say canonically, almost with with almost certainty that canonically they probably got their clothing at the hot topic. Probably. <sighs> Who didn't? Who didn't? Were you even allowed in hot topic? No. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Straight up, not till like 2008. <laughs> when I was going to the mall on my own. Did I even venture inside Hot Topic? Because they had a very like edgy thing going on. And mom and dad were like, I don't know about that. But do you remember when it transformed from like edgy to like kind of edgy? Do you remember that? I think the thing is. It was only kind of edgy. It was only you... ever kind of edgy. And like, What? No. They had this huge red like... F- Okay, they did. They that did have glowed, that. and they used to play like exclusively like corn and like new metal, and like <laughs> I remember being scared of it as a little kid because my brother went to get like jump pants there. This this is the weird thing about watching movies set in a period where we were growing up is we get so caught up in just the minutiae of the yeah, which is why I think it works. Yeah, because. It feels like our, like you said uh-huh. earlier. It feels like a memory. Oh, it like you were feels there. like a memory. I mean, so Lady Bird then applies to colleges and gets rejected from all of them. She really wants to go to an Ivy League school. Ivy? I thought she just wanted to go out of state. She specifically wanted to go to one of those nice schools in New York or New England, like Yale or Columbia or but Harvard. why? Because it was part of her romanticized lifestyle. And it's implied that she ends up at Columbia, basically. Like, yeah. I don't think they actually... She ends up in New York. Yeah. I guess Columbia the only other NYU. NYU. Yeah. <laughs> but she, uh, after this, this is when we start to see the sh- um, the shift into Lady Bird's popular period. <laughs> oh, and the, oh, also, by the way, in the background, her father has lost his job. Mm. Um, her family is going through a lot of turmoil because her brother, who got a nice expensive degree at Berkeley, can't Oof. find a job. Oh, so that's why her mom's so salty about it. About her being like, yeah, I want to go to this great school. And she's kind of like, well, your brother already did that. And look what happened to him. And also, you're an underachiever like, as compared to your brother. He's like, working at the grocery store. God, what was the thing? It's like, she when she doesn't get into Berkeley, she's like, but they have to let me in. Both you oh, and yeah. da- you, both <laughs> Miguel and legacy. Dad went. I'm a legacy. It's like, well, we haven't donated any money. And it's uh, and then that's when she says the thing to Miguel and Shelly. You're not going to get jobs with all that shit in your face. 
Which, which is uh, true, definitely true which for was 2003. Hilarious the way he reacts to that first. The first thing he starts doing is he's like, just kind of like starts holding his piercings and like looking at them, like, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Um, there's a lot of like great just like side humor. Like, the jokes per minute in this movie. And there's stuff that didn't need to be included, but, like, like I was talking about how this feels like a fully realized world, right? Like, a, fe- a fully realized characters. Like, like we see Beanie Feldstein going to rehearsals for The Tempest. <laughs> where the depressed priest has been replaced by the coach. The football coach. It's You're the, gonna go in hard! It's the titular <laughs> role. He blocks... He blocks... All of the stage stuff, like football players. But it works! And it works! It works. You're gonna go in hard! Roll, and he gives the rolls number. <laughs> I, I can't even explain how funny the scene is. Like, you just need to watch it. Like It's ugh. so refreshing, too, to see a coach jump into something like that and not be like, I can't believe I have to do the play. But instead... But it's like pure it enthusiasm. enthusiasm. Yeah! Like, they're, oh, the characters are so wholesome! Mm-hmm. Ugh. But Lady Bird ditched the auditions mm-hmm. because she thought she could get in with the popular rich crowd by pr- playing a prank on Sister Agnes. And also, because she knew he would be... She would be in his his inn, that Jenna, I think is her name, would be her inn to Dark Stormy Pretty Boy, (laughs) Timothee Chalamet. Which, like, I get it. This is the first movie we saw him in. We saw this before Call Me By Your Name? We saw this before Call Me By Your Name. Uh, Because this was, like, November... This was like October, November. I don't and think Call Me by Your Name was. Was out like yet. the next month. It, I think we watched it in December, literally. So, oh boy, this is the <laughs> first movie we saw him in, and he—he's the cool boy. He read—he's reading a People's History of America by Howard Zinn. <laughs> he smokes hand-rolled cigarettes because there's fiberglass in those other ones. Boy, <laughs> he, if um, that ain't high school. He thinks that cell phones are government tracking devices. (laughs) And then gets one. Yeah, he doesn't have one until prom night when he uses his cell phone visibly for the first time. And there are just so many payoffs like that where, like, everyone is trying to be something that they are inherently not. And Greta Gerwig, like, goes out of her way to show the ways that they aren't that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, like, she's talking, like, the rich girl is like, I don't know, I just... I can't stand people who lie. And then, you know, <laughs> cut cut later and she's hanging out with Timothy Chalamet, you mm-hmm. know, who says, yeah, I haven't lied in years after actively lying to Lady Bird yeah. at the party. Uh-huh. Like, there are all these facades that people are p- putting on and virtue signaling. And I think that kind of forces Lady Bird, because she's running with the popular rich crowd, it kind of forces her to reconcile with what she's been doing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with how she's been trying to act like someone that she's not. Yeah. I don't know. As as a woman, what's your take on this movie? Oh, I was like, what? Where are you going with that? <laughs> like, it's, it's great. <laughs> like it's great. Like I don't know. I feel like this is an experience I can't speak to directly. Like it is universally high school yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, I just wasn't that. <laughs> that wasn't my high school experience, really. Because you were the beanie. I was more of the beanie, but also I never, like, wanted to, I don't know. 
I know that's so cliche to say that, that I never wanted to fit in, but, like, I mean, I had my own, like, nerd friends. Like, we didn't try exactly, to do yeah. anything like that. So, it, I mean, we were, was, it was more like, like Lady we, Bird and Beanie, yeah. It was like we were the Beanie in a group of Beanies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had the people who I knew I liked to hang out with. Yeah, and like, yeah. And but, there, I mean, obviously, I think they, <laughs> I'd say my friends felt more of the pressure of trying to get into the right college and all of that. I was like, <laughs> it got to March, and I was like, I guess I better put in some applications. You, what? <laughs> Sorry. <I> t- <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. So I applied. You put in your applications. I applied to two places. In March? Two places. I applied to two places, too, but I applied in October. <laughs> It's yeah, September. It's, it's like Georgia Southern and what's the one in Milledgeville? Like Georgia... College and State? Yeah. Yeah, I applied to Mercer and Georgia Tech. That's it? Yeah, that's it. I should have applied to What? That's weird. I should have applied to UGA. Why Mercer? That's a money... That's a the, more of a money suck than Georgia Tech, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, but their, progr- their liberal arts program sounded really good. Mm. Um, But boy. But yeah, I mean, I don't really relate to this whole like college prep culture because I just kind of like... I guess ignored all the signs and was like, well, I guess I have to take the SAT. I guess I have to go into college. I don't want to go to Augusta. Oh, perfect. What are the other two lowest totem schools that I can probably get into? (laughs) When you could have gotten into Georgia, I think. At the time, probably, but everyone told me I couldn't, so I just believed them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's... It did feel like a good portrait of senior year, though. Because I yeah. think Lady Bird's like spending, like, she's like, okay, three years of high school done. I got to make some memories. I got to have some life experiences. And I think that's certainly how I came into senior year. I was like, this is my chance to make my impact. Wow. Let's do something. Do something. That's not how I, it was pretty much fairly similar to the other years. <laughs> Marching bit. One other club. I think it was literally... I think also, like, Toy Story 3 came out literally the year, the summer before senior year for me. Oh, and I was going to say, because mine was after. Yeah. I went to see it with Sarah. Well, I remember <laughs> and watching And our hate it. blockers. We saw it in 3D. I remember watching it and sobbing because I was like, I'm, my high school is ending too. My childhood oh is ending. Oh my end- god. <laughs> yeah. Um, Toy Story 3, looking back Did on you it, really see it as an ending of your childhood? Is that how people see that? Toy Story 3? Like, that's what it's about. <laughs> no, it's about Toy the Story end of childhood. 3. Obviously, Toy Story 3. <laughs> God. Uh, I meant senior year. Yes. And also, like, first steps into adulthood. Like, what I what Children I are delusional. What I should have known was... No, this is just a year for you to fuck around, man. Like, get no. good grades. Get good grades, but like... No, that's matter. book smart, okay? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that would be such a good, like, double feature. Ooh, yeah, Lady Bird like, and Booksmart. if you watch La- So, like, so if you're listening to this, if you've watched Lady Bird on Netflix already, go watch Booksmart on Hulu. Another truly great Beanie Feldstein performance. I mean... So what, what do we have left? Uh, we have her getting waitlisted. She gets waitlisted by Columbia. Mm-hmm. And then they hide it from her mother because the entire thing is like, 
you're going to have to go to a state school. It's state and school, then, then jail. Gay boyfriend <laughs> ruins it. Her gay ex-boyfriend it. accidentally ruins it at graduation. On graduation. And boy, day. if that ain't the most high school thing. Where someone who didn't know they were supposed to keep yes. something a secret just yes. tells everybody. Oh, yes. yeah. And then she and her mom don't speak to each other for the rest of the movie. Which is the weirdest part about it. Yeah. Because you would think that she would, after a week, they would just, like, call it quits. But no, they'd stay hard iron until she leaves for Columbia. Mm -hmm. I feel like we haven't, like, talked enough about the setup for this specifically. Which is that, like, they've been at odds the whole movie. Like, there's there's the one scene that I really related to. It's like, just once, didn't you have a good night? And come in, and then didn't you wish your mother hadn't yelled at you? And then she's like, well, my mother was an abusive alcoholic, so I didn't have that luxury, basically. Her mom said that? Yeah, her mom said that. <gasps> I missed that. Yeah, Whoa. no. So it's like one of these things where it's oh, like... Oh, so that's why her mom is so controlling, because she just want, really wants She wants to, to make the... up for the... Yeah. Yeah, her mom is... It's because she loves her. It's like, do you like me? It's like, I love you, but do you like me? And it's just, oh. Yeah, that was... Oh, it's because that really is the crux of it. So much of what she's doing is in a, a reaction to the challenge of her mother. Like, uh, like Laurie Metcalf's the key to this. Mm-hmm. I don't think she she didn't win the Oscar for this. She didn't win Best Supporting. I don't remember who won Best Supporting that year. It wasn't her. I remember being sad about that. I don't know. Let's see. Best supporting beep, boop, actress. Beep, boop, Google machine. Twenty seventeen. Oop! I need. To, I always forget that I need to put in the year after the movie came out. Oh, it was Alice and Janney for I Tonya. Oh, worth it. Well, that performance was basically just an impression, <laughs> but like, but it was still good. It was ver- the bird. <laughs> the bird. I mean, the perfor- all the performances are really good. Like, even even the side characters. Like, the one girl who walks in to see them snacking on the host. Like... What? When they're snacking on the host. They're, they're in the back of the... Uh, in the rectory and they're just... Oh, the yeah. Jesus wafers. Yeah. The host is the term. They're wafers. They're called host. It's not consecrated yet. <laughs> I used to eat those when I was a kid. It wasn't it wasn't the kind from the church, but they sell them at the store. God, at the store. Store. <laughs> yeah, you eat some grape juice and some of those little crackers and go to town. Oh. It's a good time. Well, if you want to get some grape juice and little crackers, baby. Ooh, let's go to the concession stand. Exactly. Hey, I'm Lachlan. And I'm a Jay. We're just two dudes who love ghosts, goblins, ghouls, and monsters so much that we've decided to create our own. Well, how about you give me an example? How do you feel about an electric boy who can only move on subway tracks? Or a sparkly light-up manatee who lives in the deep ocean? Or maybe a hairy office snack thief who uses his extra-long arms to steal lunches? You know what? That sounds pretty good to me. Well, you can hear about all these things and more on The Ghoul Tank. Find us every other Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you can download podcasts. Join us in our journey to create the next big cryptid. Alright, is there anything that you feel like we haven't covered that you want to cover? I mean, we talked about Mini Fashion Corner. 
We talked about music. The colors. The colors. What about the colors? Very California. <laughs> yeah, it is all a bit like sunbathed, right? Like, And, and even her like, hair is kind of like sunsetty, like that pink. Yeah, the pink and is like fading. All the houses are like kind of bright colors. and Yeah. Like it's a very, I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting because they chose Sacramento, which is not often one of the more highlighted places in California. Right, because she talks about how much she hates Sacramento, and then turns out in her letter she basically wrote it like an ode to Sacramento. It's like, lo- God, the line. It's like I don't, I don't love it. I just pay attention. And then the sister, the sister's like, well, isn't that kind of the same thing? Love and attention. Oh. And it's like. <gasps> Which is a metaphor for what she's going through for the entire movie. So, mm-hmm. like, oh, man. Just the amount of lines that just hit you like a ton of bricks in that movie. Ugh. Like, you're going to have so much unspecial sex. Like, ugh! I just... Or, like, things... Multiple things can be sad. It's not all war. All war. Like... Mm. Yeah. We, like... That's the one thing I need to say. The dialogue is so well-crafted. Mm-hmm. It's so real. Like, I really do love this movie. Like, it's very, very good. I know that one of our friends and co-host on Them's the Facts, Gabe, I think he cites this as, like, one of his favorite movies that he's mm-hmm. ever seen. And, like, one of the first movies that he saw that he was like, oh, wow. You know? A film. Exactly. I would imagine it's similar to how when I saw Francis Hall in my film class. Yeah, or, like... When we together saw, and this is going to sound so stereotypical for the type of people we are, but like when we saw Moonrise Kingdom for the first time, uh, and we were like, oh, movies can do this, you know? What year was that? The year it came out. Like, we saw it in theaters. Oh, yes. The year it came out, I think it obviously. Been 2012 or 13. Okay, so the same time when we were learning about movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, when we were starting to learn about movies. <laughs> uh, it's... It's a, I don't know if that makes us baby or old. <laughs> it's a movie that I think everyone should watch, for sure. It, it makes us getting into movies as movies like later than high school, for sure. That's like, why most people... I was starting to at the end of high I know some people who have been into it since like high school, and it well, sounds Well, they exhausting. must have had lots of help from other people, exactly. is all I'm saying. I had to pay lots of money to get that help. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I would say this is one of our important movies for us. Like, yeah. That I that I associate with us. I mean, even even if it was like later in our relationship, I still think this is this is one that I th- I can't not like think of you and when I'm thinking of it because it's well, I think it's because this was the year that we were like the first year that we said we're gonna see all of the Oscar movies. Oh my gosh! Know? And I think this was probably will the- we ever achieve that again? Who knows? <laughs> will there ever be an Oscars theaters again? Who knows? Hey, now is a great time to support your local theater if you can <laughs> by perhaps donating or buying a gift card. Locally owned cinema is very important. Or if you feel safe enough to do so. There's some some places because our one of our local theaters is doing like drive-in stuff. Exactly. So I mean, check out your options. We ha- we went to a drive-through and it was great. Yeah, yeah, we did. Wait, drive-through, drive-in, drive-through drive <laughs> movies. You can see five you go seconds. Fast, you go fast enough, all the frames start to move. <laughs> I'm imagining some cars on a merry-go-round. <laughs> okay, it's time to rate this one, I think. Is it? I think it is. All right, go. I give this four out of five titular rolls. Wow. Yeah. 
easily like this isn't one of my favorite films of all time, but it's like one of that's kind of contradictory, is it? Like I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but it's one that I will always come what? back that's to. That's not you know? true. It is one of my favorites. What am I talking about? This is really good. There's you can you can in some ways like the pacing works for and against it. You can and you can tell that it's like the first movie that someone directed because in in some ways. Yeah, I mean, don't it's, be rude now. I'm not being rude. I'm not being rude. I think Greta Gerwig started strong. And frankly, I'm going to say even nicer stuff about her next movie next week. <laughs> well, not next week, because I think we're probably going to cover a scary movie before we cover Little Women. Yeah, spoopy time. Yes. Okay, your rating. 3.9. Why does you... I, I'm surprised you didn't go higher. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's good. But, it, okay. <laughs> I would I say it any... is one of your favorites, too. It is. But, I don't know why, but for the technical points, it's, like, missing some things. You just said not to be rude. Like, let, let me put it this way. I thought the camera technique was fine. But I don't, I, 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 would, I thought, there wasn't anything that jumped out and wowed me immediately. For something that's, like, a pastoral, like, um, slice, slice of, life of life thing, it could have used a little more, um, <laughs> like, decay. Something... Or something like a little more meditative almost. Yeah, like, yeah. It was missing some more real life. But but at the same time, it plays like a memory, like yeah. you said. And I think that that's really effective. No, 3.9 3. is a great rating. For you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you don't crack four often. No. Gotta have high standards. All right. We're members of the Pocket Podcast Network. Other great shows include Cult Classics. Ghoul Tank. That that was a long pause that I'm going it's to leave late. in. It's very late. No dice, Green Mountain Mysteries, lots of others. Like check them all out. All are putting out episodes pretty regularly. Like definitely worth a listen. Our theme music is by The Organ Machines, and it's Oil Waves off of their first EP Parallels, which you can find wherever you listen to music or buy directly from them on Bandcamp. So until next time. When we will be covering a scary movie, which I don't know which one yet. Well, I say scary, I mean spooky. Oh, and while you're at it, take a look at our Twitter and see if you want to enter our giveaway. Yes, it's still available. It's gonna close out October 31st. Got an old Twitter account? Reactivate it, retweet it, we'll still give it to you. And follow us. Retweet it and follow us. Guys, you have, like, if one other person who's following us retweets it, let me put it this way. A competition. As as of this episode, if you retweet, if if you are one person who retweets it (laughs) and is also following us, you have a 50-50 chance of winning. So, do it. It's pretty high odds. All right. So, until next time, (laughs) I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy any more DVDs. Nobody looks at it that way but you We all saw him drowning But you were the one with the blood on your hands Saying it, I never saw the Pocket Podcast Network Quality programming right to your pocket